every so often the Federal Reserve of America convenes and discusses, telegraphs, suggests what they'll do in 2023 or some future time. And when that happens, the market inevitably responds. This week, it meant a correction in commodities and a surge in megatech. But why and should we, in the wake of it, consider any commodities? Or is it a fool's errand always? Plus, we discuss where the 10-year Treasury yield might be going and what it could mean for gross stocks in the near term. And as ever, an exploration of the Wild West and crypto markets. This week, Mark Cuban gets... Bamboozled by Titan, a DeFi token that fell completely apart. But I guess that's what can happen in the exponential age. As ever, we are not professionals. We know not what we do. Please don't ever listen to us, but please do enjoy Degenerate Business School. was moving exercise equipment last night um it was great i showed up right at the end <laughs> so just... robert has become part of a crossfit community james did you ever think you'd see a day he he's the guy that's that he just tells you about how many reps he did in crossfit class <laughs> i didn't tag him as crossfit guy but now he has to talk about it all the time every time we see him and he has to be yoked you're getting there though right I, I don't yet talk about the number of reps because it's still embarrassing but i'm headed that way well you you're uh you're 15 days sober since your car your cart accident not car accident golf cart accident yeah you're you're eating 12 omelets a day yeah five five pounds of chicken yeah it's it's disgusting but yeah <laughs> And uh, now you're doing reps. I'm I'm excited for you. Well, I don't know. It just you know people talk about the COVID nineteen. I, I wish I put on COVID nineteen. It was COVID thirty five or forty five or whatever the hell. I stopped counting after a while. Yeah. So. Um. All right, James. James, I really need your help this week because it's FOMC. What does FOMC stand for? Uh, Federal Operations Monitoring Committee? No. Okay. okay. Feels <laughs> no, right. Market Committee? Feels right. Feels right. Open, the yeah. Open Market Committee. Open Market Committee. Yeah. Uh, there you go. <laughs> the Federal Reserve Convention. Yeah. So it was like a really low, can we characterize it? It's like a low stakes surprise in that the Fed said they're going to tighten aka raise rates aka be hawkish a year sooner than they were before is that fair to say 
Well, they really didn't say that. There was really just a dot, the dot plots, right? So all the d- governors on the FOMC, they fill out their forecasts on the future. And then there's two of them that actually had inflation kind of running a little hotter and then and uh, them sort of preempting a little bit of a rate increase before before it happened, before consensus. So it would have been, I think, end of 22, I think they actually had the first rate increase in there. Based on an average of the dots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So really, it's just two dots. <laughs> <laughs> can, can I ask you a subsidiary question before we get into the implications? What is the what is the purpose behind having like regional board governors? Is that just a legacy of like 1917? You have like the guy in Minnesota, the guy mm-hmm. in Dallas. Yeah, you're handling monetary policy in those regional states. And I mean, now I think our economies are definitely more integrated. But yeah, back then, definitely you had the agrarians versus the, the city people and, and all that. What I want to know is, what is what is like, who is the Federal Reserve Board governor that everyone else is shitting on? Who's at the low end of the totem pole? The Like the, the best guy is the best guy, the New York guy? Yeah, it's all it all varies, but you know, like I, I would say Neil Kashkari is the guy that's out there. He's my favorite, actually. I really like that guy. Isn't he the Minnesota one? He's the Minnesota one the who's like the most dovish of them all. He'll just crap on corporate America. He's like, hey, you don't like rates being this low? Your problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've heard his name before. I've mm-hmm. heard his name. Um okay, so uh the Fed's more hawkish, so commodities correct hard mm-hmm. gold copper lumber throw lumber in there it's commodity it went down so, yeah yeah they 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 were running super hot even then um but corn and soy a little bit of a comeback today interesting yeah <laughs> and then at the same time a surge in megatech um so is this, explain this to me like I'm a three-year-old because I need a little bit of help. Commodities correction is just a function of, well, uh, having commodities as much as anything is an inflation hedge. And if the Fed says they're going to hawk rates earlier, then there's less of a need, less of a demand for an inflation hedge. Simple as that? Yeah, simple as, simple as that. As the expectations of inflation, even the Fed thinks... They're not going to let it run hot, as as the general consensus seemed to be. So maybe two point five was a little too hot, and then so they're going to go into taper, and they're going to raise rates uh, if they see, as they see fit, uh, when the economy does run hot, which it is. And then what? What? So why why a surge in tech, if rates conceivably would go up? Although I guess the ten year remain flattish. Even I think it just takes out that whole cyclical narrative. I think okay. everyone just got way too ahead of that where it's it's all about inflation hedges. Let's go buy oil and copper and 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 you know that's whole sector. And that's now I think got a little bit too too much ahead of itself. And really we know long term, right? Long term we know that America's going through this process I call like J- Japanification, right? We're gonna look like Japan Hell in yeah. 15 years. Hell yeah. Right? Which is uh, low interest rates, you know, high level of debt. Um, cause we have an aging population cause all the baby boomers are retiring and they're not spending money. Right. So that's where our, where our economy is deaf. And that's like almost like a foregone conclusion. So this little hiatus, what we're dealing with for the next couple of years 
is is exactly that. It's just a, a temporary shock brought on by COVID and a lot of fiscal stimulus. Uh, but now we're kind of on track, and 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 also the long term uh, narrative that is definitely going to come true is, is big tech. Big tech is going to dominate, and it's just a continuation of okay, let's just rotate back because this whole cyclical narrative got ahead of itself. In keeping with your macro narrative, ipso facto, current ongoing currency devaluation is inevitable. Like the backstop of the Federal Reserve printing money forever. So my question is, long-term, long-term buy and hold. So earmost, Robert, although he's, I know he's going to have a take. Earmost. Uh, where, so I've never really dabbled in commodities, but long-term, are commodities something we should consider buying as part of our portfolio, like old people? Like it's an old man portfolio strategy, but it's a hedge against currency devaluation. Uh, no. Okay. And lay it on me through experience. So, <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, back in let's say the early 2010s when the Fed was printing like crazy, you could go buy gold, right? And your ECB's going printing like crazy. Well, gold hasn't really gone anywhere. And, you know, and, and so I got into the commodities, my, my commodities plays Freeport McMoran, the copper producer. And so, you know, I'm up huge on it, but same time as I'm not going to hold, it. I'm looking to sell it because it was back in 08, it was trading at 50, went down to 10. Now it's trading at 35. Um, so it's just super volatile. And these things are just, you know, they, they, they come and go, right? So these commodity spikes come with um, you know, there's, they talk about these super cycles, like China is buying a lot, and then there's a the whole electrification argument. And yeah, yeah that, 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 that's, that's, that's like the, there's a lot of chatter about just hold copper, because mm-hmm. we're gonna have to electrify this whole fucking world. Yeah, and, and that's, and that's fine. That might hold up for the next couple of years. But if you're talking long, long term, like commodities suck. <laughs> like just, holding gold just, sucks. Holding US steel sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you said yesterday, Bobby. You're like, Nah, gold. I was I was just asking him about gold and copper. Ironically, as only I can do, right before they they took a shit. Um, so, Robert, you look at this the same way that it's just like over the long term a sideways trade. Yeah, yeah, and uh, well, yeah. So, in, in general, over the long term, commodities are dead money, um, but realistically it seems to me like if you truly have a long-term time horizon then none of these things should matter to you i well only in practice oh sorry only in theory do i have a long-term time horizon well not not only in theory i just mean like is it i'm willing to take risk for instance james and i are just we're going ultra long on Kathy. Who knows? Like Tesla could be bankrupt in five years, and all of the ARC funds are worth nothing. But the themes, the themes will will always be correct, and the themes are invest in things that have a chance for network effects, Metcalf's law, exponential growth, whatever. Uh, but you might be wrong about what you pick, and. It sounds to me like there was a narrative that was gathering around copper specifically as like, well, over a 10 year, even longer time horizon, like the demand for copper will just be so incredible that there will be like 
an ongoing growth in the copper as a commodity. But the picture, the picture in the real world, as you're you are pointing out, is more complicated. Well, in addition to the fact that these things are very, very cyclical, uh, you had an environment where the Fed seemed to believe that inflation is something you only read in Harry Potter books. So <laughs> when you see that it, it's very real and you know the idea of it's transitory, I mean, that's the most cop-out bullshit argument you can give on literally anything because everything in life is transitory. So when you have to face reality, you have these people who, to James's point, got way ahead of themselves because all of this year they've been saying, oh, don't worry about it, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. So yeah, it was definitely overbought. And it, it only makes sense that it has to come down. So while there is still inflation in the near to intermediate future, the prices that we see in commodities did definitely get overbought heavily. Now, separately, let me ask you this. So if we're just, so if like the mega trends are uh, tech will rule the world uh, and there will be emerging technologies that are only nascent now, perhaps it's genomics, uh, crypto, perhaps, who knows, that will have exponential growth trends. In the realm of just how can you capitalize on currency devaluation and inflation and asset prices because of the Japanification of the West, does it make sense then to be long on real estate to the extent, ex extent that you can get exposure? I feel like I feel like that's a lock. Just fixed amount of real estate, limited development, endless printing of money. Come on. Yeah, that's always a lock. I think that's <laughs> the safest investment you can you can get, just uh, especially in, in cities. So as I like as James and I incidentally are, because we own houses. That's why this is why I keep, just keep saying I'm mostly in real estate. Yeah, is that really true? It's like, no, I've just indentured myself to this <laughs> mortgage, but I can say that I'm in real estate. So there you go. And really it's, it's a leveraged, highly leveraged investment, right? We're always putting <laughs> exactly. down our down payment and you know, it's the most leveraged investment you can get, right? Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Not, not the most, but it's up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just about. So mm -hmm. my question to you, Robert is, you don't hold anything for longer than it takes you to walk down the hallway to use the bathroom. Are you going to just, are you just going to hold IYR? Yeah. For the time being. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Speaking of which our man Carter this week took to the charts chart master and he suggested that the 10-year treasury yield, at least this is like in the short to intermediate term, based on his technical mumbo jumbo, which is pretty compelling, that it's going to go from about 1.443, I think the latest is that I looked up, to 1.25 based on 
objective technicals. Robert, are you buying Carter's hypothesis? Yeah. And, and, and if I'm not mistaken, that, that video that you're referencing was actually put out before the, uh, the Fed meeting. Yeah. Before the, the Fed meeting. meeting. Yeah. And right as, as Jerry was talking, you saw the spike up to one five, I don't know, one, the, the high one fives and then slowly drifted right back down. So even as the market's been selling off because they don't like it, the market's been selling off and the yields have been coming lower. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm positioned in tech for this. And uh, yeah, I, I do think it's coming down a bit. So we could, we even Carter thinks we'll have our moment in the sun for growth and tech in the third quarter. At least for now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the sell-off that we saw in the market this week wasn't even that, that bad mostly it's a repositioning thing because every expectation going into the meeting was more of the same we're never going to raise rates right so generally speaking the best time to make money is when things go from awful to just bad so (laughs) for the fed to just show the slightest glimpse of hawkishness you know you do a little bit of repositioning but i'd be i'd be going long starting next week oh tasty uh, would you say that even in, I'm always looking for, uh, a price to get into large tech QQQ is the shorthand, but it's currently like trading. It oscillates around the 50 day moving average and it's currently trading, I think right above it. So you think as early as next week? Uh, the latter part of next week. Yeah. Okay. 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 I'm picking up what you're laying down. Um, all right, James, are you with, with respect to this? I'm just curious. Are you, uh, are you going to double dip on any of Kathy's stuff, which is just starting, I would say like, if the Kathy Wood funds were brain dead, you know, over the last couple of weeks, we've seen some CPR, some signs of life. I think we're poised for a comeback in her funds. So does it tempt you at all to, to buy more? You're, you're satisfied with your exposure. Yeah. I'm just, I'm going to just, I'm not going to add to my position. I'm just going to keep on what I have. I was, I was that close to selling RK and RG and I just, but I, yeah, but my calls expired or my sold calls um expired so so i'm 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 good without without me having to sell so so yeah i'm just gonna i'm just gonna stick with it but you know as far as like the names that i like the specific names um i might, I might buy like some c limited i think is one that she got into that I, i'd like to um some, maybe some more gaming stuff roblox maybe even palantir so it'll be like individually name specific um there was one, well, this isn't, this isn't like growth zone. It's just like tech zone. Uh, one, I think that Carter had a beat on was Adobe. That Adobe has been a bit, a bit of a laggard to like the broader trends in tech over the last 12 months. And that based on empirical chart analysis that it might be due for a breakout. And actually it was up. I think it was up uh, heftily today, maybe 3% almost, 4% over the last five days. 
So I'm thinking about it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Robert, have you added any to your stable of prospects for uh, a, tech, a tech resurgence in the third quarter? Uh, no. I mean, I, I have a fairly large position in Microsoft, which I've been holding throughout. It's done well. Yeah. I recently bought into Roblox. Uh, I have DraftKings, which I decided to keep um, after the auction expiration today. So I, I have some of the shitty tech. I have some exposure to big tech. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm still in a lot of a lot of cyclical stuff like Boeing and whatnot. Oh, I do own uh, Airbnb as well. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Roblox is a, is an intriguing chart. James, do you have that on your radar at all? Did you mention that one too? Yeah, yeah. The, kind of the metaverse gaming. Yeah, I like I like a good metaverse. <laughs> all right. Well. Uh, speaking of things that who the fuck knows uh, <laughs> in crypto, the the most interesting story out of this week was uh, Mark Cuban was rugged, quote unquote, never heard this term before, but he said he was rugged by the DeFi token Titan, which went from like $60 a token to literally zero because of a programming error, which was fatal to the protocol, I guess. Uh, but you know, this is, this is the way of the crypto revolution. And I think there's somewhat related, although I think you're right, James, there's kind of this been this like within crypto rotation back to Bitcoin. Uh, but all the DeFi tokens got slammed again this week and ETH is dipping below 2.2 thousand. But you know what I do? I just go on Twitter and a bunch of random people say, by the end of the year, Ethereum will be worth $10,000. And I'm like, yeah, based on nothing, sure. And I'd feel better. <laughs> so we're fine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was trying to get a little bit more liquidity. I was like, all right, if it goes below 2000, I got to I got at least start dabbling in more, start yeah. adding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know. <laughs> Bitcoin, who the hell knows, could go to 20,000 next week, but it does feel like it's carving out a channel over the last three weeks, around 35,000 uh, to, yeah. I was reading about the price movement in Bitcoin this week. It got to 42 Gs. And then after the Fed meeting started correcting back to like 35,000, which might be support or who the hell knows. Uh, so it does have some interaction with this commodity story, but yeah. Don't get rugged, but you will get rugged. Just hope you're not like Mark Cuban, I guess is all I have. Well, if you truly believe that it's an inflation hedge. And I do have the keys of Bitcoin because Michael Saylor keeps telling me and I trust him for no reason. Sure. But at least in the intermediate term, every inflation play is getting killed. Correct. So maybe wait this out a little bit. Probably. Assuming that it actually is true and it really serves as an inflation hedge. Uh, I'm not completely sold on it, but if I was to buy more, I'd at least wait for, I don't know, early next month, probably. Well, at that, at that point, at least not only do you get some resolution on the inflation piece, but also on the technicals of whether or not this actually does breach 32. I would expect if it does, it happens in the next two-ish weeks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
but in the near term, our, our uh, you know, dolphin coins, not, not doing so well, but it's fine. It's fine. It's, we're taking a chance. I think with respect to Bitcoin, it's unclear in the near term how it will behave. Like the, the, the market is so illiquid, as people always point out, that it's hard to know exactly what's going on in any given week. Hey, really, all it takes is Elon taking to Twitter tonight in a drunken super and saying, Bitcoin frowny face, and it's going to 7,000. Or Bitcoin smiley face, and it's going to 50,000. So inflation has to be damned. I'm genuinely curious if Elon drinks just because of that alone. I actually, I feel like he doesn't. Now that I know the man, I think his drug is uh, like channeling the energy of social media. I think that's how he gets high on life. He is probably- that's probably for the best. Because if he did drink and he was tweeting drunk in the middle of the night, Jesus. You don't, you don't need alcohol when you um, have an interplanetary space company and an electric car company. No, no. You can just get drunk on power. That's right. You can do right. it yourself. It's a... <laughs> um, all right. That's all I got. All right. Talk to you guys next week. See you guys.